Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Kelly. You're listening to ODFM. This episode is One Daryl from Murder. This story is one that uh, my friend Megan wrote in. She sent in this story, and this is the story of Daryl Stenson, who is her second cousin, and he is a convicted murderer. Oh, is he? I know. We're not talking about someone that got murdered, but somebody who did the murdering. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. She doesn't remember ever meeting him. His name is Daryl, so it's like Daryl and Harold in one name. Daryl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm trying not to laugh at it, too. I'm like, okay, this is my friend. All right. Red flag. If your name, if you meet someone named Daryl. Okay. Yeah. So she doesn't remember meeting Daryl, but she thinks she may have been only about five at the time of his crime. So Daryl's father was Megan's grandfather's brother. So it's her second cousin, basically. I'm going to trust you on that because that confuses me. So I know. We were like, is that great uncle? Yeah, no, grandfather's brother. Yeah, it's something. She's related. So he was up in the Walla Walla, Washington area. So she wrote, this is a quote from her. I don't really remember knowing anything about Daryl and the murders until I was a teenager. It wasn't really something we talked about as a family. Or if we talked about it, I was just a little child. So maybe it wasn't appropriate. I remember being shocked. Probably, probably not. (laughs) Let's all sit by the fire and talk talk about about (laughs) Daryl. Let's not. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So she also says, I remember being shocked when I first heard about it because I remember Daryl's parents as the nicest people. Oh, how could their son do this to his wife and business partner? (gasps) Yeah. So I'll tell you more of Megan's kind of story about it after I tell you what actually happened so that um, I don't give away the story before you get the details. But Okay. All right. So in the early hours of March 25th, 1993, again, that's when we would have been graduating high school. So we're much older than little Megan. Yes. Yes. Oh my. Okay. Daryl called 911 from his home to report that his wife and business partner had been shot. The deputy sheriff soon arrived at the scene and was directed by Daryl to the body of Frank Horner. Frank appeared to have died from a gunshot wound to his head. And then Daryl took the deputy to a bed within his home in which his wife, Denise, was lying with what appeared to be a bullet to her head. Good Lord. So wait, they were both killed in his house? Yeah. The business partner was at house. You'll get to hear about that, yeah. Mm. And Denise later died at the hospital. So Daryl told the deputy that Frank had arrived at his office earlier that day to sign paperwork relating to a business deal. His office was located right next to his house on his land. Oh, okay, Um, that makes more sense. Yeah, and Daryl apparently was an exotic bird farmer. Yeah, so like, think ostriches... In Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> this is a very unique person. It is. His name is Daryl. Daryl. He lives in Walla Walla, Washington. With the exotic bird farm. <laughs> he has an exotic bird farm. Yes. Yeah. So they um, were signing paperwork for this business deal. Daryl says that Frank asked to go inside the house to use the bathroom. And when he didn't come back for quite a while, Daryl said he went to the house to see where he'd gone. And he found Frank and Denise both shot. And his idea, the theory he told the cops was that he thought Frank had gone inside, shot Denise, and then shot himself. Did he give a reason he, for why? Just he, you know, not that I could changed find. his mind and didn't have to go to the bathroom anymore. But this right. seemed yeah, like he a just felt like he needed to kill Denise and then kill himself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> The investigation by the sheriff's office convinced them that Frank hadn't committed suicide, but rather had been beaten unconscious and dragged from their gravel driveway into the house. Like, apparently there was drag marks. So Wow. Yeah, and it was there that the uh, investigators believed that Frank had been shot in the head at close range. So 
there was no way that he could have beat himself probably beat himself then then yeah. dragged himself through the house right would not have gotcha would not have worked very well. No. Yeah. So shortly after that, Daryl was arrested and charged with aggravated first degree murder. At the trial on the charges, the state's theory of the case was that Daryl had killed his wife to collect life insurance proceeds. And it was something like some articles said it was $400,000. Other articles said he was going to gain about $800,000. So it was one of those um, okay. that he would have gotten. Would have um, bought him a lot of birds. Would have gotten a lot of birds. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good point. That's a motive. Like, okay. Birds are expensive. And then. Birds um, are expensive. <laughs> And then he killed Frank to get out from under a debt he owed Frank. And to also... Two birds with one stone. I'm so sorry. I couldn't stop myself. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Two birds with one stone. I'm sorry. It was also perfect because then he could frame Frank for the murder of his wife, basically. Yeah. Daryl and Frank had been embroiled in a dispute over the cost of ostriches. (laughs) So, Okay. (laughs) Frank's widow, who, this is funny because her name is also Denise, so this can get... <laughs> this is very, I'm Denise. sorry, this is very serious. I just seem to have the giggles right now. Okay. There's so many Denises. The other Denise. The other Denise. So she okay. testified that Daryl persuaded the couple, her and Frank, to invest their life savings of $48,000 in ostriches, but the big birds <laughs> never materialized. I know. So maybe another red flag is, is happening here. Don't put your money in ostriches. <laughs> Unless you one. see the ostriches first. Unless they're there. Always make sure you see the ostriches first. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Emus even more so. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably even more rare. I don't know. Oh my God. Okay. I know. Crazy. Okay, so two key pieces of forensic evidence that tied Daryl to the shootings were one, there was gunshot residue found inside the front right pocket of jeans that he was wearing when the officers arrived. And two, blood splatter on the front of those jeans was consistent with Frank's blood profile. Change your clothes. Change your clothes, Daryl. Change your clothes. Here's what Daryl said. He said that when he discovered Frank's body, he kneeled next to it, and that's how the blood splatter got there. Did he kneel on him? Like, oh, how right, does... <laughs> no. And blood splatter doesn't work like that. Like, you can't... That would be blood pooling, you know? That, Wait, what? I don't know. It doesn't even but, make sense. No. So an expert witness testified at trial that some of the blood spatter on the jeans could not have been deposited. Miraculously lifted up into the air. Deposited, yeah. And deposited on him after the fact. Exactly. Okay. So, and the remainder of the evidence presented was all largely circumstantial. So that was kind of the only evidence they had. That's against all they had, huh? Yeah. Even there though, no I mean, feathers left around. No, they could, was, no, no, because the ostriches weren't there. They didn't exist. He wasn't even going to give them those. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so he goes to a trial and a jury finds him guilty on both counts of aggravated first degree murder. And the trial court sentenced him to death, which is kind of death? Wow. I know. He was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on December 2008 in Walla Walla. Walla Walla. But he was only eight days away from being executed on death row when new evidence prompted the judge to issue a stay of education. Or a stay of education. A stay of execution. <laughs> you do not get educated. Wait, did, did an ostrich show up and was like, I am a witness. <laughs> I have something to say. Exactly. Sorry. Oh, I'm I, bad at this. This is serious. Oh, I don't know why. Serious, Jenna. Okay, so then, but the evidence was kind of interesting, and I'll put this on the website too, but there was a photograph taken in 1994. So remember, the killings were a year before this. It was in 1993. 
there was a picture of the sheriff's detective sergeant. His name was Monty Martin. Oh, these people and their names. Monty Martin. Monty Martin. So he's M squared. Um, yeah. Is yeah. he a superhero also? Or has like a second, you know how they all yeah, have like the... They do. Yeah. yeah. Have superpowers and names to go with them. Well, <laughs> superpowers and names to go with them. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. topic. So in the photograph, he's wearing the jeans that were said to be worn by Daryl the day of the murders. Um, Wait, the sheriff's deputy? Yeah. Sheriff's deputy. Wore the killer's jeans yes and the reason he said he wore them he said it was at the request of a contracted forensic oh my god i've only had one glass of wine okay (laughs) are you sure i know a contracted forensic examiner to see whether the blood could have gotten on them from stenson kneeling by the victim so he was supposedly wearing them to see how blood could have gotten on them wait what okay come on you don't mess with evidence have you i've seen dexter the whole series love dexter I'm reading all those right now. Yes. Anyway. Oh, I think I read the first two. Yes. I'm only anyway. reading the first one. Yeah. When they do those, they, they try to recreate what right. happened right. in a closed environment. Mm-hmm. In a laboratory. Right. They don't dress the police officer in the clothes, in the actual clothes. Evidence. In the evidence. What? I know. The, I, Not the so smartest. many questions. I know. So, well, there's more answers. <laughs> so, apparently, after he did that, after he wore them, then the pants were sent to the FBI. Oh, for gunshot residue test afterwards. Well, that's and, all blown out of the water now. That's right. Just... And as he's wearing them, the the uh, pockets are pulled out, so they could have been exposed to anything. And apparently, when they did the gunshot residue test, it showed four microscopic particles of the type that are emitted when a gun is discharged, and that was in the pocket seen in the photo. But apparently the FBI lab they sent it to also has, I don't know where I wrote this, but also has a gun range within the building and particles can be found anywhere within the building. So it could have cross-contaminated. So, and when the cop wore those pants, you can clearly see in the picture, he doesn't have gloves on. And does it say what the picture, what was the picture was of, or what was it for? Or like, they just, he just says it was because this friend's examiner told him to wear them. And, and so, you (laughs) know, he thought the examiner's like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Hey, do me a favor. Put these on. Put these on. Yeah. (laughs) Put these on. Uh, um, and so, yeah. And the examiner had turned the pocket out during that photograph to visually inspect for gunshot residue. I don't, I, you know, I don't shoot guns, so I have no clue if you can actually see it. Like, does it leave a little black trace of something, you know, from the gunpowder? I, no I don't idea. know. They don't show that on CSI. I they mean, don't. They do, but they, they like zoom in and you know that there's yeah. like computer graphics. Right. I don't, I don't know. Well, and okay. M squared said that um, <laughs> <laughs> it was standard practice for law enforcement to wear gloves for the purpose of protection rather I thought you were than- going to say it was standard practice for him to wear the, the murderer's clothes. And I was like, wow. Like to- this is how we play dress up on Halloween. <laughs> but that would be massive. I mean, think of the things you could have for your Halloween parties. I can't, right? I, how much I seriously, I, all these things keep going into my mind when you first said like, so the police officer was wearing the killer's pants and I'm sitting there going like he was at work and he had a date and he spilled coffee so he was like what can I wear I'll uh, grab these let me grab these bloody pants because that'll be good maybe she won't notice that as much as the giant coffee stain I don't know and wait till you see the picture because the pants are like three or four sizes too big for the cop so he's having to hold them on (laughs) 
I know. It's so weird. <laughs> like, why would you think this is a good idea? I don't know. I know. Okay, so, okay and, sorry. And M Squared saw the picture like years later, 2008, when... Okay during the tri- yeah during this trial and he said he couldn't believe he wasn't wearing gloves so he himself was shocked at himself but you know <laughs> so but, i didn't mind that i was wearing the pants but why was i wearing why gloves? didn't i wear my gloves I knew i'm still better. totally cool with the fact that i was wearing the pants this <laughs> still so does not weird. bother me I know. Years later. It doesn't make sense. So to get a new trial, Daryl's lawyers would have to prove that the prosecution didn't provide the defense with documents like the photos that would shed doubt on the FBI test results. So they never did show that photo to the defense side. So the defense side could claim they didn't have all the information. That's a no-no. Yeah. So they overturned overturned his conviction and ordered a new trial. So you got a brand new trial. Justices were asked to review the photographs, <laughs> and um, yeah, we've already talked about those funny <laughs> photographs. <laughs> we've already talked about them. Yeah, and they didn't perform a gunshot residue test, they found out, even though oh. they had implied it during the first trial. So yeah, test, test, don't lie. You had one job. Well, maybe a lot of jobs hooked on to right. that one job, but still. But none of them were let people try on the pants. Yeah. And they did say, so the Hoover building where the FBI lab contained two shooting ranges. This is where I'd written it. So itself was contaminated with gunshot residue all over because it has two shooting ranges within the lab. Okay. I, know. I feel like that's a big problem in itself, right? Yeah. You like, might want the- to put things exclusively away from each other to keep things very clean. Yes. Lab area and practice yeah. area should be two separate areas. Yeah. Unless you're testing. Why do we know this? I don't know. Unless you're testing, I guess, bullet trajectories and all that, but that should be a different room altogether than... Dexter had his own space. I don't understand. This is the FBI. Dexter at least had his own space. I mean, Dexter was amazing. He was was very clean compared to everybody Mm -hmm. else. But it did come back that after testing, there was only four grains of gunshot residue. And unless there's a massive amount of gunshot residue, it's insignificant anyway. So it wouldn't have had any significance if it had been put into trial. And then that way he might not have gotten convicted on it. But so he's granted a new trial and the new prosecutors announced they wouldn't seek the death penalty. So that's good for him. At least he Mm -hmm. doesn't have to worry about that. Let's see. In an interview with Daryl's lawyer, he also raised the idea, oh, get this. This is what they're trying to say really could have happened. Frank's wife, the other Denise, Mm. still alive, the widow, they're trying to say that she had odd behavior before she knew her husband was dead, including showing up wearing only a robe to the house where Daryl's children were taken. I don't know what that part means, but they're trying to what is with her. the clothing in this story? What is going it's on? True. It's all about the clothing. It doesn't make she sense. She showed up in a robe? Apparently at Daryl's children where they were being taken. And I'm not sure why they're not at his house. And it's before the murder. So was she be- just so enraged that there were no ostriches? That she just flew out of the house like, in just a robe? Maybe. She was like, this is what right? they look like when they run. Yeah. White streaks behind them. Yeah. <laughs> Running. <laughs> Down to Daryl's house. I don't know. It's so weird. Now that so many kids are starting school with online learning, it's time to update the school supply list with stuff for parents who have suddenly become part-time educators. Yes, all the important things to start the year off right, like the mojito drink infusion kit, and drink tumblers with sayings like, not slim, kind of shady. <laughs> and at the end of a long day of pretending to understand common core math, candles like Anxiety Girl infused with impending doom hit the spot. Mm. 
All of these critical back-to-school items and more are available at ThistleWellington.com. That's T-H-I-S-T-L-E-W-E-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. ODFM listeners get 10% off when they use the code ODFM at checkout. So visit ThistleWellington.com today. So they're trying to say that she could have been mad enough that she went and killed her husband and her friend, Denise, at Daryl's house. So when reading about this, I read that Frank was heading to Daryl's, you know, to sign the business documents on his way to work. And every morning, he, Frank, had to catch an early morning ferry as a carpet layer in the Seattle area. And in order to do, uh, make the ferry and still have time to meet with Daryl beforehand, he left his house at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. And it only took about okay. five minutes to get to Daryl's. So that would mean if Frank's wife was the killer, she would have had to like follow him or get to Daryl's house first and worry about encountering Daryl and then, you know, shoot Frank when he's there and then kill her best friend. Apparently she called the other Denise was her best friend. Like she'd have no reason to kill her. So are we sure there was nothing between Frank and the other Denise, like the two, the, the husband and the two, the victims, right. the two victims. It didn't this sound wasn't like any, it. Okay, there was, this wasn't kind of a, like a, Hey, like a love. Yeah. Frank, he walked in on something and I know it makes you wonder. Right. But then and, again, Daryl was mad. And then, you know, he told the other Denise and she came running over in her robe. That <laughs> bastard. Like, <laughs> well, but then again, he, he shot Frank outside. So it wasn't like he caught mm. Frank with Denise inside. Was and he, he climbing back? Well, no, he couldn't have been there for very long because he just went to go to the bath. Yeah, supposedly. That's what Daryl said, but it doesn't sound like Oh, right, 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 right. We don't actually know. Right. I think Daryl's just making up shit. But, you know, Daryl's trying to find some reason. Hmm. But in the retrial, and this is 20 years after the murder, jurors Wait, heard test. 20 years oh, later was the retrial? Was the retrial. Yeah, it took that long for him to get a new trial. So they found, they did a testimony from the doctor who did the autopsy on Frank, and they found evidence that he'd been beaten and dragged, like we had said, but the wounds on his head were separate from the gunshot, and the injuries were consistent with being hit by nunchucks. And Daryl, Daryl is a martial arts expert. Okay, so, right, well then that makes sense because the average person, I don't think, just has those available to well, them. Yeah, and but it seems like an odd choice of weapon in my yes. mind. Like, do I grab the baseball bat, the knife, or the nunchuck? Obviously, the nunchuck. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Right, nunchucks. Nunchucks to kill the hoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. Isn't it weird? I'm like, oh my God. But I guess he was like, do I finally get to use my martial arts in real life? And I can. Here is my one chance. (laughs) You can just imagine. Oh my God. Oh, we're going to hell. I know. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Poor Megan. I'm sorry, Megan. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. (sighs) So his retrial included more than 300 exhibits. I don't know what, but a lot of, a lot of stuff. It allowed for testimonies the jurors did not hear when they sentenced him to die in 1994. So a lot of new information. And it did take the jury at least four days to deliberate, but they still found him guilty of two counts of aggravated first degree murder. And he was sentenced to two life terms without the possibility of parole. So he still got a better deal out of it because he's not. Yeah. And apparently, you know, one time when he was going to be put 
to death. It was only a few minutes before they oh. inject him that they gave us. Wow. He really yeah. lucked out then. Yeah. So he'd been through it a few times. But Megan, who sub- submitted the story. So now this is her part of it. So you can hear okay. kind of her point of view. She says, from chatting with my dad about it, it sounds like Daryl was always a bit odd. My dad remembers a time when they went to North Dakota to visit his uncle Percy, who was Daryl's father. Apparently, Daryl got a hold of my grandmother's car keys and buried them in the yard. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know why. Um, okay. The, I know. She said the family had to search for the keys and dig them up, delaying the departure. Don't go, Grandma. <laughs> I shall bury oh, your I'm going to bury your goddamn keys if you try to leave. <laughs> it's so weird. And um, her dad also mentioned that Daryl also seemed to be out for insurance money all the time. Apparently, one of Daryl's big boats sunk, and he was able to receive some insurance money out of it. He claimed many large expensive items were on the boat. But after the murder, Daryl's Is property- that where the ostriches were? Oh, good we point. On the boat? They were like having a party. They were the all boat. on the boat. Yeah, they're in the sank. ocean. There it, just, was, it, all, yeah, it, all, it all ties in. They oh. were whale watching. <laughs> whale watching. Walla walla. <laughs> See? And now ostriches can float. <laughs> so apparently she says after the murders, Daryl's property was searched and those items were found in the house, fraudulently claimed on insurance. Mm. So he was always trying to find a big payday, it sounds like. Daryl's. But I appreciate her story. And I hope others don't yes. think going to make fun of him. That story was amazing. And it was really fun to research. So kind of crazy that oh, she's yes. related I'm, to a murderer. Yeah, I can imagine why it wouldn't be something you would talk about at family vacations. Or, right, as you're all sitting around the bonfire. <gasps> <remember> Daryl. <laughs> Whatever happened to Daryl? Whatever happened to Daryl? You oh. didn't hear what happened to Daryl? Oh, and the ostriches? Yeah. And the little grandma. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Daryl. <laughs> oh, damn it, Daryl. So that's my story. That's your story. That's an awesome story. I it love that good. story. Yes, and I, thank, thank you to you. Megan for sending it in. Yes. yes, thank you for sending it in. Thank you. My sources for this episode on Daryl Stenson was a listener submission. The caselaw.finelaw.com, both sides of the pond on WordPress, Como News, an article by Rachel LaCourte, courthousenews.com, an article by June Williams, and another article by Rachel LaCourte with the Associated Press on heraldnet.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. This podcast was created using Anchor. If you have a story you'd like to submit for a future episode, please email it to odfmpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at odfmpodcast. And check out our website, odfmpodcast.com, for more information on our episodes, your hosts, or general shenanigans.